0: Richtlinien so vorgenommen worden sind, wie wir das für richtig halten. Das heißt. Twisted Pulp Magazine, available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere. Or at amazon.com or archaicmedia.info. That is A R C H A I C M E D I A dot info. Ha 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 ha
1: Voices by Jack Dan is copyright 1991 by Omni Publications International Limited. First published in Omni, August 1991. One-time recording granted to dead airwaves by permission of the author. All rights to this story are reserved by the author. Voices by Jack Dan Read by Wesley Critchfield I was carefully papering the balsa wood wing struts of my scale model... Gotha G.V. Bomber when Crocker asked me if I ever spoke to dead people. The Crocker is a member of the Susquehanna River Model Makers and Sex Fiends Association which doesn't say much because all you have to do to become a member is hang out in the shack by the river and make models. Everyone thinks he's right off his nut. One of the guys nicknamed him Crocker Shit because of all the stupid stories he told and the stupid questions he asked and the name stuck. He seemed to like it. But nobody broke his arms or his legs or smashed up his models. And so he stayed on, kind of like a mascot. He was fat, freckled, and wore his white blonde hair in a brush cut. But he was also smart in his way. And he was twelve, a year younger than me. And he was in seventh grade honors. Steve, did you hear me or what? He asked me. "'turning down the volume on the club's battery-operated radio. "'It was playing the Big Bopper's Chantilly Lace. "'Since Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper "'had died in an airplane crash back in February, "'radio stations were still playing their stuff all the time. "'And here it was August. "'You ever talk to a dead person or not?' "'No, Bobby,' I said. "'I was trying to work air bubbles out of the paper. "'This Gotha was the only model of its kind.' and would have a wingspan of over six feet. My stepfather had given me the kit on my birthday. I never talked to anybody who's dead. Except for maybe you. Now turn the volume back up. But the song was over, and the disc jockey was saying something about Lou Costello being dead. I couldn't remember if he was the fat comedian or the skinny one. But I only liked the fat one, and I hoped it wasn't him. Anyway, this was frustrating work, And Krakas shit was, as usual, fouling everything up. I have to admit, though, he had made me curious. But just thinking about dead people made me feel jittery. Sad, too. It made me think of my dad. My real dad. Who had died in the hospital when I was seven. Funny the things you remember. I used to play a game with him when he would come home from the office every night. We had a leather couch in the den, Dad called it the library, and I would slide my hand back and forth on the cushion and he would try to catch it. And when he did, he would hold on to it tight and we'd laugh. Dad had gray hair, everybody said he was handsome, but when he was in the hospital, he didn't even know who Mom and I were, he thought Mom was his mother. She cried when he got all mixed up, and I just felt weird about it. Especially when he had an attack, and then he talked in a language that sounded like Ope Talk. Mom said it was because his brain wasn't working right. I knew that if I could understand it, everything would be alright. It was like he was trying to tell me what to do in some secret language, and if I could only figure out the words, I'd be able to help him to get well. But then, he died, and I never got to say goodbye in a way that he could understand, because his brain never did get right again. Crocker didn't say anything for a while, which was unusual for him. When I had finished the wings, which weren't right, and I would have to do them again, I looked up and said, Crocker Shit, what are you looking at? Nothing. What's all this dead people stuff? I asked trying to treat him like a human being. I just wanted to know if you'd ever done it, that's all. Done what? I just told you. Talk to dead people. Have you? I asked. Knowing for sure, I would get one of his bullshit answers. Yeah, I do it a few times a week. When I don't come down here. Oh, sure. (laughs) Where do you do that? Every day I check the newspaper to see if... Anything's going on at the funeral home in the corner of Allen and Maine? If there is, I just sort of walk in and walk to the corpse in the casket and talk to him. If not, I come over here. And nobody says nothing to you? They just let you walk in and talk to the dead people? They ain't bothered me yet. After a pause, he said, You want to go with me today? They got somebody in there and he showed me an obituary column from today's Sunday Bulletin. I glanced at what he was trying to show me and shook out the sports section. Patterson was fighting Ingmar Johansson on Friday. I was rooting for Patterson, who had KO'd Archie Moore in 56. "'You want to go with me and see for yourself or not?' Crocker said indignantly, ripping the paper out of my hand. Or "'Are you afraid?' "'Screw you!' You've probably never been to a funeral in your life. I've been to funerals before I said. Everybody has. But did you ever see a dead person? I had to say no to that. I never even saw my own father after he died. That certainly shut him up. But he had a sorrowful look on his face and I felt sorry for him. I'm Jewish, I said, and the Jews can't have open caskets. Of course, there must be a reason for that, but I don't know what it is. How did he die? Crocker asked, fumbling around with his hands as if he wasn't used to having them. Something wrong with his liver. Like from drinking? He asked. No, it was nothing like that, I said. But I had heard my mother talking to the doctor, and maybe he did get sick from drinking. Although I swear I can't remember ever seeing him drunk or anything and I had just about had it with Crocker's questions. He was acting like Jack Webb on Dragnet. You would think he'd have shut up after a while, especially after I told him about my father. But not Crocker. He was a nosy little bastard. After a pause, Crocker asked, Did you ever talk to him after he died? Are you out of your freaking gourd, Crocker? Nobody but an a-hole thinks he can talk to people after they're dead. If you come with me today... I'll prove it to you. No way, sucker. I got better things to do than act like a nimble nun. With your father being dead and all, I can't blame you for being afraid, Crocker said. I'd be too. Crocker, get the hell out of my life, I said. I guess I shouted it at him because he looked real nervous. But I didn't need him spreading it all over the place that I was afraid to look at a dead person. Christ. Crocker shit had a bigger mouth than my mother. Okay, I said, but if I don't hear this dead person talk like you say, I'm going to break your head. I said it as if I meant it. I guess I did. But that only seemed to make Crocker happy, for he nodded and helped me put away the bomber. The worst part of it was that I had to sneak into my house and put on a suit and tie for Crocker. He said you couldn't just walk in with jeans and a t-shirt. But a deal was a deal. I met him back at the clubhouse, and we walked to the funeral home. It had been a hot, humid summer. Boring as hell. There was never anything to do. Even going down to the club and smoking and working on models was boring. And to make matters worse, I thought about Marie Dickinson all the time. She was so beautiful. I could see her around once in a while, but I would never say anything to her. I was waiting for the right time. Not a good way to get through summer. Anyway, she was always with a girlfriend, and I was always by myself. No way I was going to walk up to her and make a complete asshole out of myself in front of her and her girlfriend. She hung around with a fat girl, probably because it made her look even better. It seemed like all the good-looking girls did that. Okay. You ready? Crocker asked as we approached the front stairs to the building, which was gray and white, with lots of gingerbread like my parents' house. I was born ready. Let's go. I hated this place already. We'll go right in after these people. Crocker said, nodding in the direction of a crowd of people, waiting to get past the door into the parlor. Pretend like you're with them. So we followed them inside. I was all sweaty and the... Shot sharp blast of air conditioning felt good. The old people ahead of us all stopped writing a book that rested on what looked to be like a music stand. But Crocker knew his way around this place already and led me into a large, dimly lit, carpeted room with high windows covered in heavy blue drapes. People were standing around talking, and soft organ music was playing. There was a line of people filing past an ornate casket that was surrounded by great bushes of flowers. Let's go in and see it and get the hell out of here, I said, feeling uncomfortable. I looked around. Even though this room was certainly big enough, I felt as if I was being closed up in a closet. And I figured it was just a matter of time before someone would see us and realize we weren't supposed to be here and kick us out. Wait until the line goes through, Crocker said. But a woman wearing a silky black dress and one of those round pillbox hats with a veil put her hand on my shoulder and asked... Did you go to school with Matt? I looked at her, and I've got to say I was scared. Although, I don't really know why I should have been. Uh, yes, ma'am, I said, looking to Crocker, who was supposed to be a professional to pull us out of this. I'm his Aunt Leona. You should meet his mom and dad. They're right over there. She pointed to a tall, balding man and a skinny woman who made me think of some sort of bird. Stay right there, and I'll get them. "'Aunt Leona said, "'I'm sure they want to talk to you.' "'I could only nod. "'When the woman walked away, I said, "'What did you get us into?' "'Crocker looked nervous, too, but he said, "'Didn't you read the obituary?' "'Piss off, Crocker.' "'Well, it was a kid who used to live in Endicott. "'He and his family moved to Virginia. "'I can't remember the rest.' "'You should have told me it was a kid! "'Christ Almighty!' "'You should have read what I gave you,' he said in a sing-song voice that made me want to crown him. "'How did he die?' I asked. "'I don't know,' Crocker said. "'They don't tell you that kind of stuff in the paper.' "'Well, did he go to our school?' I asked. "'I can't remember,' Crocker said. "'But it was too late anyway, because Aunt Leona brought over a whole crowd to talk to us. "'I was really nervous now. "'What are we supposed to say to the dead kid's parents?' Although it surprised the living hell out of me, Crocker managed to hold his own. We said how sorry we were and, and what a nice guy he was. How he played a mean stickball and he was a regular nut for Bill Haley and the Comets and Jackie Williams. You know, lonely teardrops. And it was the craziest damn thing, because it was almost as if we knew this kid. With all the crying and hugging going on around us, I started to get that thunder sound in my ears, which I always used to hear before I was going to cry. I haven't heard that sound in a long time. I didn't even hear it at my dad's funeral. Or at the house when everyone stood around and told me I had to be a big boy and all that crap. It wasn't until months later that I heard that thunder sound. When I was at home alone practicing on the piano. I looked up and saw dad's photograph on the piano and suddenly, like I was crazy all of a sudden... I heard that thunderstown, and I started to cry, and it, it made me feel sick, but after that, I I didn't cry again. Until now. Everybody was crying, including me, and Crocker excused us both so we could pay our respects to the departed. That's just what he said. As soon as we were out of their reach, he said, Steve, you're good at this. So are you, I said, pretending it was all an act. Now let's get it over with. Okay, Crockett said. We stood right next to the casket and looked into it. I could smell the flowers. The ones with the long, wormy things inside of them. But they didn't smell bad. The kid in the casket was wearing a suit and tie, just like us. He looked like Pug Flanders, who lived a block from me. The corpse had long black hair which was greased back. And he had probably worn it in a D.A., with an elephant trunk in the front. But whoever did him up probably thought a flat top was the height of coolness. It looked like he had pimples, too. But his face was coated with makeup, so it looked too white, like someone had gone crazy with the powder or something. The expression on his face was kind of snarly, but I guess they couldn't wipe it off. I had a strong feeling I would have liked this guy. But looking down at his corpse made me feel weird. Not that I was scared anymore, but this kid didn't really seem to be dead. It was like some sort of play. And everybody was just acting as we were. This guy just couldn't be dead. He looked like he was going to sit up at any second. I blinked then because it was almost as if he was like one of those glowing religious paintings you've seen in churches. It was as if I could see the stuff of his soul or... Something like that. Christ, I I almost fell backward. I knew it was all bullshit, but I saw it just the same. Crocker didn't seem to see it. At least, he didn't say anything. So it might just have been me. And then I remembered something about my father that scared me. It just sort of came out of nowhere. I remember the nurse taking my arm and trying to pull me out of the hospital room. Mom was crying and screaming and she fell on top of Dad on the bed. I got one last look at Dad and he looked like he was made up of lighter. A sort of halo was around him. All over him. How could I have forgotten something like that? But I did. I just... I must have just pushed it out of my mind. How do you think he died? I asked Crocker. Hearing my own voice made me feel normal again, and that was important right now. Who knows? Probably some sort of accident. Nah, he looks too good. That don't mean nothing, Crocker said. They can make anybody look good as new. Almost. He could have even have had cancer. Crocker looked up in the air. I called his name, but he ignored me. It was as if he was listening to something. He had his head cocked like the RCA dog. Crocker, come on, I said, after a while. I was starting to get worried. Hey, you Crocker shit! Shut up! Crocker snapped. Can't you hear him? Hear what? Just listen. I listened. I really did. I couldn't hear a damn thing. Crocker was probably off his nut, plain and simple. But I wasn't much better. Not after all the things I'd just seen with the corpse glowing like a hands on a watch. Who knows? Maybe the dead guy could talk. And maybe Crocker could hear him. But I just wanted to get out of there. I was already feeling like the walls and everything was starting to close in on me. He's leaving, Crocker said. He's saying goodbye to everybody. Cool. Okay, then let's go, I said but I couldn't help looking at the spot where Crocker seemed to be staring, and I got the strangest feeling, and then I saw it. A pool of light, like a cloud that seemed to be connected to the body, that was now glowing softly once again, and then the light was bleeding out of the corpse, like the guy's spirit or something. A few seconds later, the light just blinked out, as if someone had thrown a switch, and the body looked different too. It was as if something vital had drained out of it. And now it was nothing more than a shell. It looked like it was made of plastic. Dull and lifeless. We left then. Crocker and I just left at the same time. As if we both knew something. I heard thunder and remembered my father talking in the language that only he could understand. And I felt as if I was drowning in something big and deep as the ocean. When we got out of the funeral home and passed all the men standing around and smoking cigarettes, Crocker said, You heard him, didn't you? I could tell. I didn't hear nothing, I said, protecting my ass. Bullshit, said Crocker. Bullshit on you, I said. Well, you're acting different, Crocker said. I admitted maybe I saw something that was a little weird, but it was probably just in my head. That bent Crocker all out of shape. He seemed happier than a kid with a box of jujubes. And I got worried that he'd shoot off his mouth to everyone. I warned him about that. "'Give me a break,' he said. "'It's not enough that the guys in the club think of me as some sort of asshole as it is. You're the only one I feel I can talk to, and I don't really even know you.' "'Okay,' I said, worried that maybe there was something else wrong with me. Why else would Crocker feel that way?' It also worried me that first I saw the guy glowing like my Aunt Sylvia's halo-like TV, and then I saw his soul, or whatever it was, pass right out of him, leaving nothing but a body that was more like a statue or something made out of plaster of Paris. But I put those thoughts away and I asked, What did that guy say? His name was Matt, remember? He said he was scared out of his gourd until he found his grandmother. What? His grandmother's dead. She'll show him around. Around? Around where? How the hell should I know? Crocker said. Heaven, probably. You gotta be kidding. I couldn't help but laugh. You're making that stuff up. Because somehow I really wanted to believe it. I thought you said you saw something. Crocker said, hanging his head. And I believed you. I wanted to know what you saw. I said, I THOUGHT I SAW SOMETHING. I punched him hard in the arm to make him feel better, and it was nothing but a light glow like a TV tube when you turn it off. I never saw that. Now tell me, what else did Matt say? I asked. He hates Bill Haley. But we got Jackie Williams right. Uh huh, I said. Well, that's what I thought I heard, Cracker said. Why did you say COOL? I asked what do you mean when you were looking up in the air you said cool don't you remember yeah well and then Crocker started laughing like he couldn't stop he kept leaning forward and stumbling and then laughing louder I couldn't help but smile I kept knuckling his arm until he told me he said he was going to visit the big bopper what that's what he said "'and Richie Fallons. "'You are so full of crap!' I said. "'But now I couldn't stop laughing either. "'Then maybe Diane's not so bad!' I said, "'and we fell down right there on the sidewalk, "'on Ackley Avenue, in front of a brown-shingled house "'that belonged to Mrs. Campbell, my third-grade teacher. "'I don't know what it was, "'but I just couldn't stop laughing and crying. "'Neither could Crocker. "'And who knows?' Maybe I really did see something flickering in the air above Matt's dead body while he was floating around in heaven somewhere, meeting his grandmother. And maybe he did get to see the Big Bopper. Just like the Big Bopper probably got to see Valens and Holly. And probably Mozart and Beethoven too. And maybe the Big Bopper will also get to meet my dad. Why not? Dad would be there, standing right on line, as he always liked to play the piano. All that Bebop and Boogie Woogie stuff. So maybe he became a musician. Just like all the others. Now that would be something. This is Jackie Ayers, and you've been listening to Dead Airwaves on KKRN 88.5. Episode 9, Voices by Jack Dan. Read by Wesley Critchfield. Theme music by
0: Tim Slade.